Okay, welcome to the Punch Touch Podcast. Real fans, real talk. We dissect, dive deep and discuss juicy bits of gossip and news from the world of boxing and MMA. I'm Coach T, I'm your host and welcome to a crazy ride of adventure. Real fans, for the fans. Let's go! Hey, it's the Punch Touch Podcast. It's the Punch Touch Podcast. Welcome, welcome everybody to another fantastic fan-filled episode of Punch Touch Podcast. I'm your host, Coach T. I have with me an esteemed, intelligent, intellectual guest with me, who his niche and his, his superpower is UFC. Yeah, whether he agrees with it or not, he, <laughs> I'll tell you, the professor... He, he, he knows a lot about this area that we're going to discuss, okay? First of all, before I introduce the uh, title of this episode, I want to introduce my esteemed guest, Professor Jacob. How are you doing, sir? Uh, Coach T, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. And again, thanks for having me back here. Obviously, we've got a juicy cards. obviously talk and discuss about lots of dramas. Mm-hmm. What was it pre, current and past, obviously, the card itself. So lots to talk about going on. So again, thanks for having me back on here. Absolute pleasure to have you have you on the show, Jacob. Absolute pleasure, and um, I will be will be leaning on your superpower, Professor, as we dive and dig deep into the octagon. Okay, um, I think the last show that I did a couple of shows ago, I was it was more boxing heavy, but this one, I'm going on the other side of the fence now, on the other side of the fence where it gets a little bit mucky. It gets a little bit mucky. It gets a little bit down and dirty on the other side of the fence, whether you're standing up or you're on the ground. Let's dive into the world of mixed martial arts and the creme de la creme of mixed martial arts. Some may disagree because you have, you know, you've got one and other organizations out there and and stuff. But at the moment, UFC is creme de la creme, just merely with exposure, blah, 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 money, blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about the latest UFC. Now, this title of this podcast is An Irishman and an American Walk Into a Cage. It's as simple as that. If you know, if you know, guys, you've pressed play and you're listening to this podcast right now. So you know, you know, like me and a professor know exactly what I am talking about. An Irishman and an American walk into a cage. One left on a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> One didn't walk out. <laughs> Thank you very much, Professor. That That is the cherry on top, mate. I put the ice in there. Professor put the cherry. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. That, that was nice. I like that. That was nice. Because you ain't fucking wrong, mate. You ain't wrong. I mean, nope. we're being a little bit brutal, but what happened was a bit brutal, you could yeah. argue. It yeah. was. It was. Um, first of all, um, Professor, uh, uh, where should we start? Let's start from the top now. I mean, leading up to this, Professor, leading up to this, um, their last fight, Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. We're talking about uh, a UFC 264. It was held at T-Mobile Arena Sunday, the 11th of July. It was at silly o'clock if you was in England. Um, I mean... Their previous fight, first of all, before we get to the um the result of it, what did you think of their previous fight as we build this up? Previous fight, um, I think McGregor got greedy. <laughs> mm, that's a, that's a fair statement. 
Um, he had his fingers in too many pies. Uh, he had the sell, obviously, of proper 12. He also had this potential boxing match with Manny uh, Pacquiao. Um, so... Yeah, good point. Very good point, Professor. I think there's a, a few people that might not be aware of that. You're right. There was a lot of negotiations. He did have his finger in many pies. Please carry yeah. on, sir. Appreciate we got Manny Pacquiao coming up. Or appreciate you got your business being sold here in the background. You've got a UFC fight in front of you right now. And for whatever reason, Connor didn't take it that seriously. And you can tell that with the sparring partners that he was doing. There was always talk about him sparring with local boxing lads from like Kremlin and all this. Is it Kremlin? Kremlin? I can't remember what it's called in Ireland. And mm. all these extra things. And all of a sudden, he got made a joke of. Like, it's the frustrating thing, which I think I said before, the fact that he was dismantled by a calf kick. And he was like, oh, we didn't predict these things type thing. I'm there going, you're supposed to be of a caliber right now. That if anything gets thrown at you, a wild bear, for God's sake, walks into the cage, you should be in a position to manage it. Yeah? Mm. Not be like, I don't know what to do with it. It's like getting to the Premier League in football and going, yeah, we forgot to do the shooting practice bit. Sorry, my bad. We only practice defending. That's not, that's not acceptable. Mm. So... Dustin walked in, did the job, did his pride well, did it, did it well, kept his focus nice and clear and strong. He went and just didn't look at Connor, in my opinion, as Connor McGregor. He looked at it as another opponent in front of him. And he did, he did kind of rush him, didn't he? I, I felt like that last fight that they had, Dustin kind of decided it, it's almost like he did respect Connor. Don't get me wrong, Connor's a good fighter, but mm. it wasn't like their first fight. I feel like Dustin kind of just like. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Dustin was young. Dustin was wanting to prove a point. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, at that point in the UFC, he's doing his utmost to say, i got to make a name for myself, like many of the other young guys that we see underneath us. Yeah? Another guy we're going to be talking about later today, obviously, Sean O'Malley. He obviously had an issue with Chato Vera and obviously got an injury halfway through the fight. And yes. all of a sudden, he's there trying to work his way up the ranks and it's gone. Dustin was pretty much in the same shoes. Yeah, working his way up, another two contenders, both hungry, like young lions going for it. And then all of a sudden, didn't go the way he planned. And it all went the other way. He's then gone back and refocused. That good old phrase, sometimes we've got to fall down to pick ourselves up again. Yeah, get over that adversity and get even further on in life. And it, I, to some degree, if I'm honest, I don't think Dustin would have won the second fight if they never had the first one. That's a good point. I, I, I agree with that. I think Dustin did need a lesson there because he got emotionally invested. He got emotionally invested with Conor McGregor. And, and me and you have spoken about it before this, this conversation was recorded. Me and you had a conversation about Conor's showman skill set like before the fight when he gets inside your head and kind of like lives in there rent free and it, and it fucks up fighters before before you throw in the first punch or the first kick in the cage. You, you kind of in, emotionally invested yourself. 100%. And this is a new sort of tactic, dare I say, that fighters can use. And they're starting to learn more about it. I think well, trash talk has been there, but then to use it as... Like, we all saw what happened to Jose, who had two years worth of trash talk down with him. Yeah, and, and Tyson it, Fury uses it very well, especially against Klitschko. When he fought Klitschko for the title, he fucked him up. He got in his head all real, real deep. Well, was it that whole infamous breaking point of the whole he brought up midway conversation about the sauna incident? And Klitschko was like, what, what sauna? What are you on about? And Fury knew exactly, yeah, about it. And so all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay. So... I, I, like I said, I, for Dustin, it was a learning experience. Mm. Unfortunately, Connor hasn't kept his eye on that game and understanding Dustin and what who he's been taking on. Yeah, 
I, I think because his eye was all on other things like Manny Pacquiao, which would, would have been a way of a bigger money fight than Dustin, let's be real, mm. the UFC. Um, settling obviously a proper 12, again, money. It's greed. Greed seems to be the common trend here, if I'm honest. Um, and then again, obviously, with what happened on the weekend, well, we'll talk about that in a bit, bit more detail. But again, it just seems like Connors is not learning from this stuff. And Well, well let's, let's put that into perspective. And I, what I'm about to say is I don't have any... I don't have any data to back up the uh, the calibration for what I'm about to say. When I say calibration, I think the Conor McGregor that first fought Dustin was not at the same material wealth as the Conor McGregor that last fought Dustin. What do you think about that? All I'm saying is that, you know, when you get to a certain material status, financial status, does that change your hunger? I mean, has the hunger changed? That that Connor that first defeated Dustin, is that the same? Did he have the same hunger to the third version, like the third fight? Don't forget the second one. I mean, the third one now, I mean, I, I feel like you're close to a millionaire and now the third fight, you're a multi-millionaire uh, touching like possibly billionaire is the hunger the same is your lifestyle the same is the food the same is the people the same your circle the same do you know who the best person to ask would this be coach t it would be old money floyd mayweather mm, very very true 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 very true he's done it all like he's had all the money he's lost all the money apparently he's then obviously gone and fought whilst having money whilst not having any money he would know more than anyone else yeah. I, I I must admit though his his string his his consistency is that I swear this guy's obsessed with boxing I swear he's obsessed Professor I think he's obsessed like genuinely no matter how much money whether I've got it or not I think he's obsessed with boxing. It's like I said it's hard to understand though like it's just hard to see obviously where Connor lies with this and I, I think to some degree especially after the weekend his image has definitely changed now he looks like more like the bad man out of the story rather than him being a heroic hero on on the, on a horse taking Ireland and taking it all over the country and all over the world that's fantastic but oddly enough you can still flip that role into a bad person who's come to pillage all these countries okay <laughs> so, so so let's let's give um let's give some of the audience and some may not be privy to why you've said that professor and i understand why you said that but let's let's give some of the audience that are not um privy to to what we're talking about why connor may be the bad man to this now um that after interview obviously there's bad blood there's blood blood these guys have fought each other three times now and and it's always been because connor is a bit of a showman and plus he's mouthy he's he's if he had a group of friends in a playground in primary school he's the one that's the mouthy one that will tell you about oh go yeah your mom said that your mom said that your dad your mom like he's (laughs) this guy he takes it to those levels in it he's he's that mouthy type but but what he did when he was sitting down on the floor with his his broken ankle um by the way if people don't know the third fight you must know this by now but i'm, I'm gonna let you know just in case just in case you don't know dustin and, and connor they fought on a sunday the 11th of july at silly o'clock in the morning if you was in this country watching the fight and dustin beat him in round one at the end of round one because his ankle snapped his ankle snapped like a like a skinny toothpick and you've put it in your rear tooth and you've pushed too hard to try to get that piece of t-bone steak out and you've you've snapped it it snapped snapped 
it, it snapped. And, and you know, you call it unfortunate or whatnot. I don't know, whatever, but it snapped. So he's sitting down on the floor. The referee's put uh, Dustin's hand up. Everything's done. He, even Dustin's had an interview. I'm not going to talk about Dustin's interview because I think that's a very poignant subject about what these two individuals said before they left the octagon. But before Connor left the octagon, Connor said, yeah, he did this. He did that to me. He was lucky. And I'm going to bang his wife i've got his wife on my direct messages and we're gonna have an after party afterwards and we're gonna bang she's a hoe that's the last thing that connor said and i and, and I, I yeah that's why that i think that, even the, that wasn't even the worst stuff that's, 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 there you go jay there you go professor there you go it's not even the worst stuff so do you want me to put I mean, the insight in the other bits yes please go ahead please go ahead he sat on the floor after what I describe as the moment everyone feels when they uh, go on the side of their ankle and think, oh, that was really And, and Joe Rogan <laughs> sitting next to him. Isn't he lying down with him like they're on a picnic in fucking Wimbledon yeah. on Hemmings Hill? <laughs> oh, even before that bit, Coach T, like you see some of the other extra footage. The doctors are around him and yeah. he's saying, you call that a doctor stoppage. Do not give him that TKO. It's a doctor stoppage, you tell me. Yeah, you listen to me. I own this company. It's a doctor stoppage. Yeah. That's I had no saying. idea he said that. Are you serious? Yeah. I had no idea he said that, Professor. Oh, my God. While that's going on, and obviously Poor has obviously heard this, he's like, nah. He's then putting gun signs to his head, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you and murder you and your family, right, while he's on the floor. Then we get to the Joe Rogan bit, where he's saying, I had him under control. Everything's fine. Like, this is absolutely rubbish. Like, blah, 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 blah. And obviously, I've got your wife in the DMs, Yeah. So, oh, wow. like I said, that was just like that. That comment with the DMs thing was like the pinnacle bit. That oh, was that. Man. That wasn't the beginning of it. And so, even to the point of how bitter it comes across that, that the guy is bitter. Is, yes, like lost his fight due to an injury. <laughs> like, like it was horrific injury, which we all will care for. Don't get me wrong, and we'll want, mm. want to see obviously the outcome. Not, we don't want anyone who's ever had that. Obviously, Weidman, Anderson Silva, to name the two of them. As soon as it mm. happened, all of us have gone like, ooh, okay. Mm. But none of them at the end have said, nah, fuck him. He has the other, gone to the other fighter and gone like, he's nothing. Yeah, he's got nothing what he's doing. They didn't say call it a doctor stoppage. Yeah? Like, they've just said, like, it's happened. They dealt with it and moved on. He's there still trying to fight the guy. He reminds me of, <laughs> oh, my God, what's the film? Famous one with the... Um, uh, he's a knight, and he gets his leg to arm chopped off, and he gets the other arm chopped off, and he gets the other leg chopped <laughs> off, and the other leg chopped off. Oh, I'll nibble at your ankle, then it'll be fine. Like, that's what Connor was in that situation. Monty Python, is that the one? Monty Python is probably going to be, it's going to be that, that sounds like Monty Python sketch. It does sound yeah, like and, a and the Holy Grail, like, oh, I still have him. And it's like, like <laughs> come on. Like, and that's the problem. And, like, oh my God. It's a, it's a frustrating thing, because ideally, one of them needs to be put to sleep in the sense that like one of them got knocked out yeah to put that bad blood to rest and i think it would have been sell but because it ended it the way it did connor was just not happy with it no no connor wasn't i don't know I, you know what i mean we're on the outside of his mentality you know yeah. and 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 he's he's a thoroughbred irishman yeah he, 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 when I say a thoroughbred Irishman, he still retains the accent. He still uh, moves around um, his family's um, land, so to speak, meaning where he comes from, like your native land. He still moves around there. Whether he lives there or not, he still goes back there. What he does back there, I don't know, but he still has some form of connection back there. And um, I, I feel disappointed. 
I, I feel disappointed because I respect Connor. What he done to the game. Yeah. Like, whether you love him or hate him, this guy, he, he brought a, a very good element to the game. And it it's it's bitterly sweet to see such a an individual become so sour. Where is that samurai honour in defeat? The yeah. warrior honour in defeat. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Professor. Like, like, where the fuck was that, man? Come on, dude. You didn't see it with, with Weidman with both those similar breaks, which are probably even worse. Yeah? Everyone went, ooh, okay, that's bad. They even questioned the fight. They weren't talking. And you can see the other fighter doesn't want, even want to have the win. Yeah? And all of a sudden, Connor's there still going, oh, I'll have him. And all. It's, it's just like, you've got to admit, obviously, when you're down and out, it's not your game. The problem is now is that Connor's in a position where he is going to potentially ruin his legacy. Maybe, maybe, but he, he does. I, I, I get the impression, I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just looking at the outside because sometimes Connor gives the impression he doesn't give a fuck. That's the thing. But, it, but, but at the same time, I don't think that's true because you do. He does give a fuck and that's why he trained so hard from the first place. When he didn't have the material wealth, when he didn't have those opportunities, he trained hard and he's a, he was a, a specimen of a warrior. Like a, not a specimen of an athlete, a specimen of a warrior that has a mindset that then couples that with the physical attributes. And and personally, I've I've done a little bit of research, you know. And and McGregor, it's a McGregor clan, you know. There is a McGregor clan that's been through some ups and downs. Like I mean, it's like some Game of Thrones shit. Honestly, mate, their coat of arms is like some Game of Thrones shit. I'm gonna get too deep into that, but there is a McGregor clan, and if he's cut from that clan, I understand why he's such a great warrior. But you didn't do yourself or your clan any honor with what you just did with your last battle. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all, to be honest. And and he did his best. I could see he was trying to light up Dustin. As we get back to the um the technicalities of the fight, uh, the the tactics was. Uh, did you see it, Professor? He was looking to keep Dustin yeah. away with kicks. Yeah. He did a lot more kicks than normal. He did, but then it part of me was get concerned with that because he exerts a lot of energy doing it. I think the perfect example of that was with Nate one, where he threw too many kicks, got gassed, and all of a sudden was going to get absolutely dropped by Nate in the first round. Oh, not the first round, the first fight between those two. So it was like he's good at keeping the range there, setting them up in. So the the, the issue being as the mm, offer, the true. the opposing fighter is that when you get frustrated that you can't get into range because you're getting these kicks, is you want to get in sooner. That then sets up the opportunity for McGregor obviously to drop the left hook. Mm. Yeah because they're rushing in and not expecting it, because they're more concerned about trying to get in range rather than what's, what he's setting you up for. And so it works to his advantage. However, it's at the detriment of his gas tank, which obviously is always debatable with everyone. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really, really awkward, because also one of those kicks, it was officially found out that it was the kick. Um, one of the kicks is what originally dented the ankle. Mm-hmm. Um and basically, he threw a body kick, and it hit the underside of uh, Dustin's elbow, which was kept close to his uh, bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, anyone knows if you had an elbow on the shin, or even a football, like or a toe punt to the shin, how painful it was. It was then once that then landed, all it took was a little twist, which is what happened when he threw one of his punches, and then and it went down cool, and that's all she wrote. Um, so yeah, it was a good fight. I, it was concerning about how, again, McGregor's ground game looked very poor. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And he should have learned that from Khabib. He yeah. should have learned that from Khabib because who who, who learned that he understood? Someone learned that they needed a ground game. Um, There's a fire. Did it, was it someone that fought Usman? Someone got a ground game. No. 
Inagu. I'm not pronouncing his name right. Inganu. Inganu. Thank you, Professor. Remember when he realized, like, oh shit, my ground game is fucked. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna level up. Yep. <laughs> my guy took a mushroom like a Mario character, and he went boop 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 boop. Fucking leveled up, bro. <laughs> Even Steepa's face was like, "What the hell is this thing?" Like, I got a gorilla on my back. Here? I got yeah. a gorilla on my back. <laughs> You know, I said this to, a, to another person the other said, I said, ever since Nganu showed that, you've never heard DC pipe up saying, I'll fight Nganu, have you? Like, <laughs> even DC has gone like, nah, I'm not dealing with that anymore. I'm happy retired. I'll stay to commentate. I'm Teddy. Oh, mate. That's the, yeah, because he, he can strike. He can strike like a silverback. He's got that, that striking capability. He's very, very strong, you know, and, and, and he did. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Professor. He, he took that, okay, my shit's a bit weak, but he turned that weakness into a weapon. <laughs> Whereas, let's take it back to that main event. I just feel mm. like Connor keeps on practicing the art, though, which he's good at. Yeah, and do you know what? There's quite another good fighter who unfortunately has a loss to the mighty McGregor, Max Holloway. Yeah, oh. he, was, he he what was it in one of his fights with is it Brian Cader? I can't remember who it was where he had the stupid amount of strikes for that fight. He obviously turned around and said, "I haven't even practiced any striking for the last six weeks." Oh wow! I'm, I'm already that good. Why am I bothering practicing more than my ten thousand punches? The whole um, Bruce Lee sort of quote. Yeah. Um, and it makes me then think, mm. as McGregor, he needs to level up elsewhere because I think people are figuring out his game very quickly now. Mm. Mm. I agree. That that was a great fight. What you've mentioned there about the, the Max uh, Holloway fight against um, Keita. Is that how you pronounce his name? Keita? I think it was Keita. I think it was Keita, Keita or Keita. Yeah, guys, whoever's listening to this, if you haven't seen that fight, and, and I've seen that fight, and I probably will watch that again with some popcorn or some Doritos or something, that, that's a good fight. That is a really good fight when somebody is in... I think that fight typifies, for me personally, I think that was like, you know when an athlete is in flow? Oh, at the peak of their performance, and just anything could be chucked at them, and they would have just been there dominating that ring. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, that, boxers, that was some Neo shit, man. Yeah. Even to the boxing purist, go and watch it. It's just an yes. absolute spectacle. I agree with that. <laughs> it, is a, it is a spectacle, 100%, Professor. Yeah, yeah, great shout, great shout. So, um, I mean, <sighs> an Irishman and an American walk into a cage. And and like Professor said, one of them didn't walk out of that cage. Mm. And um, yeah, it was um it was interesting because both of them came, both of them came with smoke. I must I must give them both that credit as just warriors. Both of them came with smoke. McGregor, he didn't come to lose. He came to win. And he, and he's on that cloud, isn't he? He's on that magic monkey cloud. Like, he's flying on cloud <laughs> nine. He is. He is like, who can stop me? Like, he's, he's on that cloud, his lifestyle and all sorts. And Dustin is on that cloud as well. Like, you ain't going to stop me. I'm going to pound you down. Um, yeah. But it, it, they clashed. They erupted. And um, I, I, I don't think... I, personally, I don't think it was unlucky. I just think... That I don't think he's built for it anymore. Uh, I think his body's wear and tear. I think he may have gone through that same situation before when his body was stronger, but you know, I, I can't prove that. But I just I'm don't think say, he's built for it. Speaking to Coach T, thinking this out loud and speaking it, I think someone made a very valid point. And I think it's the fact that Dustin does not train like with nobody, he trains with American top team. Oh. And they always say, I've got killers day in, day out. Not not knocking or 
McGregor's obviously done. Joe Coach Canavana's done. All of the team around there. However, that's not the same caliber. Yeah, you've not got all those people all training there. Um, all that's true. High that's true. And I think once you're in this game, and it's that whole steel sharpened steel. Yeah, let's be mm-hmm. real. You look at some of these guys who are doing well, they've gone, actually, I need to move camps. I think uh, Kevin Holland's a perfect example. He learned his ground game was awful. He moved to AKA to basically get basically <laughs> ragdolled around by DC and Khabib because his ground game's that poor. But I don't think McGregor will swallow that and think, no, I'm a purist, Ireland only. That's all I'm going to do. And unfortunately, Irish caliber is not great for jiu-jitsu. I don't know. Mm. Or, or wrestling. It's not. Like... Mm. Yeah, yeah, you, you got a very valid point there, and and the ironic thing about it is that he has enough, um, he has enough currency to dictate what type of waves he can use to make him better. If I pull it like that, he does. He has the currency to to dictate. He yeah. could he could order any. He he could honestly he has the options. Not to say that you know sometimes people don't accept money for whatever, but at, at the same time his options are endless because. Yeah. He has that material wealth, so... Let's be real. You, if, I, you know? if I'm McGregor, I've got all that money. Obviously, they have the World Jiu-Jitsu Championships in Dubai every year. That's the hub, the central hub for it all. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'd be literally going and getting the top guy who won it and going, right, here's a fucking load of cash. You come and train me for six months, please. What about Gilbert yeah? Burns? What about that? Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Gilbert Burns as we move on. I think that was a beautiful segue into the next fight with the co-main event, welterweight fight. It was Gilbert Burns against Wonderboy Stephen Thompson. I, I like Wonderboy. At first, I didn't like him, but you know what? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I ain't going to lie. At first, I didn't like him, but man, his style, he feels to me, he feels like he's, I feel like he's the last cut of the old school like Hoya! like this guy is he, fucking he great is man the NMF the <laughs> nicest motherfucker that's what he gets to call himself <laughs> the whole he is, he is he is cut from that samurai honourable nobility cloth as well like that that mindset you're right mate he's the nicest motherfucker man amount of times he knocked people up and then picked them back up <laughs> he, he even told a story on another, on another podcast about how he had a fight with a kid at school i gave him a bloody nose everyone was watching still picked him up and then even like carried him over to his mum's like car and said like he's gonna need this this and this and then went home like honestly like this is when he was a kid it's been like, in him the whole time but that Man. fight i am so pleased for gilbert I was so concerned that if he didn't play to his strengths, Wonderboy was just going to pick him apart. Okay. Mm. Wonderboy has a fantastic style, which obviously mesmerizes people. I call it sort of the puppeteer, makes you think things are moving around, and all of a sudden, bop, you get caught with something. And he plays that game. And I said from day dot, and I, obviously I put money on this, and I'm glad he did. Well, it didn't come through because of Connor, but anyway, um, Gilbert needed to literally go and run and rugby tackle. Um, Stephen Thompson and just simply get on and do his thing and he did do that however the negative backlash obviously the crowd all the crowds wanted blood guts gory and obviously because of a couple of the fights beforehand they had all that and so they started booing which was a shame and even Dana wasn't an overall fan of it but Gilbert got the job done that's the biggest thing mm. yeah before we get onto that I, I was tempted to speak about um, the change of audience, like the yeah. change of the mob, the change of the mob of Rome. What about if I said it like that? 
because before UFC there was the gladiatorial. Yep. Yeah, but uh, anyway, let's not talk about that. So um, let's go into the stats. Gilbert Burns, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Now I think they've met them. I think they've met each other at a fairly interesting point, to be honest, Professor. I mean, I've got some stats here, and I I, I want to say this out there and then get your reflection up upon this, sir. We've got twenty wins for Gilbert. We've got sixteen wins for Stephen. We've got four losses for Gilbert. We've got five losses for Stephen. Like they're they're not far apart from each other. They're really not far apart from each other. I think they've met each other at the right time. So in that fight, which was a, 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 a three rounds and it was a decision, we had 101 total strikes from Gilbert. 100 and what? Sorry, excuse me. 126 total strikes from Gilbert and 101 landed. That's 80 percent. That's a high percentage. That's a high accuracy. That is precision at its finest, at a high level of combat. That only really one, is. one person that might, I know has got a bigger number than that, and he was earlier on on the card, but we'll talk about that later. Mm. Um, but that's impressive. What were the numbers of Stephen out of interest? Stephen, Stephen had 59. As a point-scoring well, expert, 59, 59? he had 50. Wait a minute, let me finish. He had 59 that landed out of 98. Yeah, 60%. He had a 60%. And and totally, he, I mean, he threw 98 shots out of that fight. Gilbert threw 126 total strikes. Strikes Coming from somebody that, Gilbert, he does, I mean, I think he, like, two, three weeks ago, he was doing some fucking national nujitsu, dinji, um, sorry, nujitsu, dinjitsu. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did some national jujitsu shit. And, and he got to the final and he won. I don't know, no one quote me for what he won, but he won a jiu-jitsu competition at a very high level before this welterweight fight in the UFC. In less than a month, less than a month. That's less than four weeks. Don't surprise me. I think at the same time, obviously, when it comes to it, if you're rehearsed in doing that, that's fine. I wouldn't worry. It's just adding to, mm. keeps that calibre ready for you. Because I don't get me wrong, obviously, Thompson ain't going to come and obviously jiu-jitsu, Gilbert Burns, let's be real. Um, but it keeps you obviously sharp and I saw it, which is good. Um, I'm really surprised at the strikes thrown because even if when you do the math on that, for example, three rounds, 90 strikes, let's just say, we'll make it, a, well, make it 99, 33 strikes a round, uh, obviously, you put it to obviously five minutes around. That's very little strikes per minute. And that's and this is from someone that does point scoring Striking. karate. Like, come on, a real off day. Like, but the thing is, I did say this yes, is probably Wonder Boy's yes, last bro. chance at the title because Kamaru's cleared out the division. He's then basically said, "Who's next? Who haven't I fought?" Credit to him. Wonder Boy's the last person on there. Wonder Boy. That was Wonder Boy's last shot. If I'm honest. Are getting that title shot, which could have been interesting for Kamaro uh, mm. because of the awkwardness of him. But now, all of a sudden, I am sorry to say, but Wonder Boy is now going to become a gatekeeper. Yeah, but but um, <clears throat> here's a funny um, stat: significant strikes. So significant strikes. I still, I still think, as I'm reading this data, I still think significant is a little bit of an ambiguous word. I would take significant as power power strikes you know when you've and yeah power and and sometimes when you interpretate someone's power it, it your interpretation can be negligible so yeah so anyway significant strikes 
We've got 43 total significant strikes from Gilbert, and he landed 29 out of 43. Steven Wonderboy landed 19 out of 53. 19 power shots. We've got Gilbert landed 29 power shots. Takedowns. Gilbert got three takedowns successfully out of six, 50%. And obviously Wonderboy got 0-0 zero, because zero he doesn't do no takedown. That's not his game. Yeah, so I can understand why Gilbert got that decision. I mean, what do you think about that? Really tricky one because I think, but then this, this, this actually kind of makes sense. I'm glad that Gilbert did what he did. Obviously, went and ragdolled him and tried to drag him as much as he can. But obviously, it sounds like Gilbert was hesitant because of obviously of what Thompson's mm. obviously striking is like, and that's where that whole hesitation has then obviously led up to a bit of a standoff between the pair of them. Mm. So Gilbert's not gone mad with the strikes. Neither is Wonderboy. None of them. I think it sounds like neither of them are engaged on those points in particular that much. Um, I only watched the highlights of that fight. I'll be honest, but it's the case of. I don't think either of them engaged that much because they were so conscious of the other person and they knew what tactic needs to be done. Wonderboy knew I can't be grabbed by Gilbert. Gilbert knew I can't be point scored by Thompson. And it was like a stalemate of two final battles. And unfortunately, obviously, it ended up as it did and Gilbert won. But I think maybe if, uh, I don't know, if Gilbert was a little, well, it's sensible for Gilbert to do it. It's really hard because you got, you got, it's hard to comment because you don't want to be too biased on one side or the other. Um, if you see what I mean, Coach T. Yeah, yeah, Gilbert, I, I do. I do, like, I do. He, 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 he got the wins. From Team Thompson, it sounds like he had an off day in the office, if I'm honest. It, it was, you're right. I agree with you because Gilbert, I mean, as we go to the top of the stats, Gilbert should not be outscoring with total strikes. Like, come on, man. He's a jiu-jitsu guy against a point-scoring karate guy. And, and, and Stephen has only registered 98 shots in the whole fight. And Gilbert's registered 126. That's not right, man. Come on. Mm, it is an off day. That's an off day, man. It is. I wonder, I, and this makes me think about what we talked about before, weight cutting, age. Mm. It's obviously getting harder for Wonderboy. Because mm. bearing in mind, the guy, I think even had an interview beforehand, was saying that he lives in his, he lives in his karate school now. Like, just because he's there so often. Oh, shit. And so it's like he loves what he does. He loves teaching kids it, and he's got he's, he's looking after something stupid amount. I think it's over five hundred pupils at any one point, um, which is cool. I'm more admirable for that. But in terms of that sort of like fight camp mentality, actually having time away from doing that, I can't see you living in a living in a karate school and getting fight ready. Yeah. Mm, like, yeah, I agree. I agree. I've, if anything, I think that's made him too. Oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking be real. You're soft. You're soft, man. You're soft. Dude, it's too soft. Because fight camp is, like, brutal. <laughs> fight camp is, like, you, you're trying to get that ring to fucking and or whatever. You're, you're, like, you're going through the fucking... You're going through levels. Fight yeah. camp is brutal. Like, you, there's a time to be accommodating and a time to be social and there's a time for you to get into your zone where you put pressure on yourself and then you, you burst like a diamond. Yeah. And that's it. And uh, it, you know, even McGregor's sort of attitude is reflective of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mr. Nice Guy last time compared to this time. You can see why. I, I, I think with any athlete, for example, they have their own zone they have to get into. Mm. They can't be thinking of, oh, I wonder what the kids are having for tea tonight with mum. <laughs> like, they, 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 can't, they, they can't be doing that. Like, <laughs> they don't go side by side. Like, you go back to warrior okay. days, wars, all this type of stuff. They're, they're thinking about, I've got someone in front of me trying to kill me right now. What am I going to do? Yeah? 
Mm. And that's where your thought priority should be with, with that. But hey, it's an off day for Thompson. I'm, I don't know. It, with other announcements recently, is uh, some other interesting fights that can come up for him. Um, obviously, recently I think it was only the last 24 hours. Good old uh, Nick Diaz is coming back into the scene in UFC um, to fight Robbie Lawler. So there's a couple of fighters there which could be lined up if their weight categories matches for Wonder Boy. But I think he's now going to be a gatekeeper fully. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, he he lives a decent life outside of the ring, so I think he's got longevity in the game, like meaning that I don't think his bones are gonna snap and break just like that. I think he lives a decent life out of that, and he has a very good heart. I give him that, and maybe that that could be could could be his downfall with regards to management of his mentality. That it's, it's nothing wrong with having a good heart. I think a good heart is brilliant, but there's a time to be nasty and there's a time to be like accommodating. You need to have that old old school mentality of him whipping a I don't know a roundhouse kick, dropping to the floor, and then switching back into Mister Nice Guy and picking the guy off the floor. Mm. Yeah, but you've got to compartmentalize that. You've got to be able to be got to be good. Not many athletes can do it, mind. Yeah, some athletes are just angry all the time. Yeah, um, until certain life things change, or then they might have kids or something like that. But they've got to they've got to be able to control it. Otherwise. You can't be Mr. Nice in the cage where you're going to try and fight. No, people. no, no, you can't. The, Otherwise, the, the, you're going to a sparring match. That's not what you're there to do. Like, no, you can't. You can't. Like, like um, um, uh, there's a, 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 a guest that I used to have on this show earlier on, um, Del Boy. Del Boy used to say it's a simulation of death. It basically is a simulation of death, but the referee, obviously, and we've got people around the cage and there's rules and stuff. But at the same time, you have to go into that mentality of I'm willing to die here. Like it's it's a warrior thing, isn't it? But it's a controlled warrior thing, and we're no longer in feudal medieval times. No one has to die. Don't get me wrong; it can happen, though. That's why you write that disclaimer when you sign that contract. <laughs> it can happen, but we, you know, there's 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 safety nets. There's there's safety stuff around to make it less possible to happen. But at the same time, if you don't go in with that mentality that you're willing to die in there, I think that's I think that it's a level change. Definitely. Okay, so let's move on now. Let's move on to Hardy. Mr. Greg, I think he used to do NFL Hardy against uh, Ty Tavissa. Uh, is it Tavissa? Did you see that fight? It was a heavyweight fight. It was um, before the Gilbert Burns fight. It was. So lots of co- controversies, obviously, with Mr. Hardy. So obviously, Mr. Hardy used to play NFL. Um, mm-hmm. I think he had an atar- a charge of, obviously, a battery of some sort with an ex-partner. Mm-hmm. Somebody lost the plot. Somebody lost yeah. the plot. <laughs> and the, the scary thing, obviously, for the British listeners, obviously, of this is when we look at the NFL, getting to that level is it's stupidly hard. It's not you and, like, I don't know, you and a the rest of the UK. It's the you versus Europe in terms of getting to teams, in terms of quality. They'll have 100-plus players trying to get to that <clears throat> position. So in terms of having athletic <clears throat> ability, he wouldn't have got there on a whim, if that makes sense. No, 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 be... you're right. You're absolutely right. And their pool is deep. Their pool yeah. is deep, like an endless, like one of those infinity swimming pools that, that goes off yeah. to the side in some uh, Costa Rica jungle. Exactly, and like the reality, I've seen obviously and watched a lot of it in the background. So I love just sport in general and athleticism. And the reality is, they will literally have a hundred guys all thinking they're going to go to the NFL, and they're all happy to take that position at the click of like a drop of a hat. But the reality is, only one of them will make it. But yet yep. they'll all still fight each other for that one single position. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. And that's just one state. It puts into perspective again. 
Um, so again, athletic-wise, he's there. It's not no. It's not no. Um, oh, who was the WWE guy who came over for a bit in the UFC and got sparked out? Everyone. Oh God. Um, you, you you did have the um, what's his name? Uh, I know you're talking about white guy. Looks like a former Viking warrior king dude. Um, he lives in the doesn't he live CM in the forest punk. and shit? CM Punk. Okay, I was I was thinking about the other one, the other one, yeah. the big shouldered one, the heavyweight one, heavyweight one, like the big one. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? In it, he's got a buzz cut hair hairstyle. Looks like he's a lumberjack. It looks like he's a president of a lumberjack company. Oh, you're talking about Roy, uh, not Roy McDonald. Um, big, uh, big, uh, country, big Roy. Country. No, not even that. The other one. There's another one. There's another one. He was more fresh. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. His shoulders, his traps look like bear traps. Like oh, you're, he was... Brock, you're not talking about Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Brock. No, Brock had a caliber. Like he's got an interesting wrestling background. When you read into him, so um, Man, that's, is that that's a specimen a... or what? Oh my he's god. A... God, that was like. Like the crit again, I'm diverging here a little bit, but he literally, when he came onto the wrestling scene, no one had any idea about him, and that's pure farm boy strength, is what he had. <laughs> that's, that's the Matt Hughes, he was like a Matt Hughes version yeah. too, isn't it? Remember Matt Hughes when he first came oh, on the scene? God, yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's a, when, when you look at the story behind Brock and his brothers, his brothers were in the NFL. Did you know that, Coach? Oh my God, I didn't know that, I had no idea. I'm not the surprised. Out of all of them. The bloodline, look, that bloodline is cut from some ancient Celtic, Celtic warrior. Cl- like, I'm telling yeah. you, that bloodline is some warrior shit. <laughs> some warrior shit. It, it, it was like Celtic bloodline that got lost in a farm in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, we're just, we're just about peace now. We just plant corn. That's all they yeah, do. That's all they do. Honestly, any listeners get the chance, have a look into Brock Lesnar's history, like in terms of like where he came from. He literally, you see the schoolboy pictures of him, like glasses, the lot, like really nice guy, and just turned up. And that whole switch mentality, he would dominate that wrestling. Like, like, Gre- like Greco Roman wrestling, a different story when he turned up. And no school was aware of him at the time. And they're like, who the hell is this guy? Um, yeah. But anyway, a little bit of a digression there. So, Greg Hardy. Um, he's been doing well. He had a test, obviously, the last fight before where I believe he lost it uh, to a submission, if I remember correctly. So him being the athlete mm. came in quite confident into this fight. Right, he's there. Go. He was even slating the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. And I was like, oh, that's a bit tasty to be doing right now because you're not yeah. really a known person. Um, and he was calling him fat, all this sort of stuff. And like, he's just a lazy guy. How can we be promoting him? Along with obviously calling out other people. So he's quite confident in his ability. And being an NFL person, I would imagine you would be too. Yeah. Your mm. athletic, athletic capacity is going to be higher than the majority, of probably even the top 1% of America. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's six foot five, 265 pounds. The guy's big, man. Yeah. And so, like, he wouldn't, like we said to start with, he wouldn't have got that far in the NFL if he wasn't a specimen as it was. True. Yeah. Um, natural ability will become, but then obviously physical ability as well. It's, it's, it's both those things together. So he was confident coming to the fight. Ty Tuavasa, I am, I love this guy to bits, just because he's a bit too casual and he likes the fans' favourite, does his shoeies and all this sort of stuff. He's just a casual laid-back Aussie. He's like, you want to go bang? We'll go bang in the middle. We'll do it in the car park. We'll do it wherever. I don't care. Just give me a beer afterwards and we'll come and call it friends. Yeah? <laughs> That's all he wants. Um, and to be fair, like they both start the fight. Greg Hardy points to the middle. He's like, let's bang and well. 
do you want me to reveal the rest, Coach T, or do you want? Yeah, to go, go, no, reveal the rest, man. Reveal the rest. Uh, it starts lock and sock and robots keep going for it. Greg Hardy catches Ty with a nice little sort of flurry on the run end. Ty's legs start going wobbly. Greg goes, "Great, I've got this." Comes into rage, and what does Ty do? Nice little left hook. Good night, Greg Hardy. He's on the floor. Ty's lying on top of him, hand fisting. And then I feel sorry for the ref because the ref's not that big. Has to then jump in between these two heavyweights <laughs> to try and stop them. Um, and Mr. Greg Hardy was out cold. Um, and so, yeah. Lesson learned, maybe. I think Greg's got a few more. He needs to get more fights under his belt to realise this is not just, I'm an athletic person. He's going to have to learn that there's some art to this. Yes, he's got heavy hands. Yes, he's got the capabilities to maybe learn a bit more. And Garnu-esque, as we brought up earlier. But unfortunately, <clears throat> when it comes to Tai Tuivasa, he was going to have more experience in that ring than Greg will ever have. And that's going to pay dividends when it comes to, well, paying the bills and getting knocked out of the night there. So, Yeah, you're absolutely right there, Professor. And, and I love the way you described how that fight went down. And, and, and it did, because it got furious. At one point, you're absolutely right. They were swinging. And, they, and these are educated swings. Don't get me wrong. There's emotion in these swings, but we're talking about specimens that are swinging that will fucking rearrange your shit and spin your shit like exorcist. <laughs> like, you know, when the, the girl's head spin around? Like, that shit was swinging. I hope, I hope the ref got a bad fight of the night bonus for dealing with it in the middle. Like, I don't know what to do if I saw, like, like drop Greg Hardy and then go for hammer fist. Oh. I've got to chuck my body in the way of that. Like, <laughs> I could yeah. make them worse. Lumberjacks. Like, Love fucking lumberjacks, mate, trying to chop each other down. Um, But in reality, we're talking to, like, I think, what's, I think Hardy's got, like, he's got four losses now, I believe. Four yeah. losses and two by knockout. It's annoying because, there I said, Dana's brought him in based on the controversy around him and that he mm. wanted to progress into it. And, and he's I progressing think... fairly well, though, Professor. I think he's not doing too bad. Not too no, bad. but he needs to, there I said, it kind of comes into the fore. I don't know why I'm thinking this is a business idea. I think the UFC should have put him, uh, they should have like a, like a smaller federation below them that feeds them like they used to back in the day. I think Greg should have built his way up through the smaller federation first. So, 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 okay. So, speaking on that now, let's um, let's explore what you're saying. Let's explore okay. that. So, are we talking like a Coca-Cola type of thing before Premier League? Are we talking about like a championship before the Premier League? When you say, when you say a different a different league, because as far as I know, the equivalent to what you've just said there is Ultimate Fighter. How can I put it? The Ultimate Fighter reminds me of. Do you remember back in the day? Again, obviously for football fans, there was like the Chelsea Football House, I think it was, or something like this, which gave okay. the opportunity for young footballers to come and train with Chelsea staff. For and it was like a group of thirty of them, and they they work their way through to the final end. That to me is Ultimate Fighter. They're kind of hand picked. They kind of obviously search for it and so on. Um, and then on the other side of it, they do looking for a fight. I think is another series. Um, yes, that's is, right. With Dana was just like on road looking for a fight. Yeah, he like explores like <laughs> other promotions. If you see what I mean, yes, and, true. Like the reality is, is back in the day there were smaller promotions that used to feed the UFC fighters. Once they became a champion, they're like, okay, cool. Well, look, we got the next step for you. Come in the UFC. Yeah. Now, because obviously the UFC are just this big money house and pretty much just bought every promotion that's worthwhile under the sun. Um, they haven't got many, as far as I'm aware, they haven't got many feeder federations, as you'd like to label it. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think, again, when you look at like the things like the heavyweight division, which has always been a, like a, a struggle, because even every heavyweight fighter says now, trying to get sparring partners is next to impossible because no one, no one does heavyweight MMA. Um, it, like I said, I think the Ultimate Fight is good. It's entertaining to some degree, but it's not the caliber of having an actual federation to work your way through. Mm. So, so maybe, maybe it's just um, maybe it's not a bad shout then to turn it internationally to to maybe extend the tentacles of not even tentacles. Maybe that's a little bit uh, maybe that's a little bit too horrific. Let's talk about branches. Branches yeah. is more stable. That's more like that sounds friendly, isn't it? <laughs> branches. What about what if we branch. was yeah a branch? What about if we was to extend the branches? If the trunk, if the trunk is the UFC, the creme de la creme. Let's extend the branches and make some form of international um, mini leagues that move up to the UFC. So people have to get their way through those leagues. They get their way to the top, then you, you feed yourself into the UFC. And as their way, as as they're making their way to the top, because internationally every country will have their own pool. I'm I'm trying to see how we can tap into the pools of different countries. You're gonna have the Polish pool, the American pool, you're gonna have an English pool, uh, I, I, Czechoslovakian yeah. pool, uh, Australian pool. Uh, you know, if you if you really wanted to be the, do this well, I actually take I take a leaf out of dare I say it, the CrossFit World book. Right, they have the champion of each and every country, both male and female then go into a bigger pool based on the areas. So Europe, Asia, America, Canada, or whatever, North and South. They then obviously get those people then to compete against each other. Then you get the top people from Europe, take on the top people from America, take on the top people of Asia. And they do it like that. So each country has the best people come through. Um, and then they obviously all have a big obviously competition at the end. And they obviously see who is the fittest on earth. Now, I think from a UFC perspective, I think if they really wanted to help the situation, because let's be honest now, they're making some good dollar. Yeah, they're not any sort of, I know, cash hungry sort of people where they're desperate to obviously get promotions to do well. They could have a poor um, card and still make money from it. Yeah. Mm. So it makes me think, I think they should do an incentive for fight clubs to be pushing their fighters to go towards the UFC and putting them forward and saying, right, I think this guy's ready for it. Yeah. And I think based obviously on the fighter's success, I think the UFC should pay those fight clubs to obviously push those people further. I, th I, think, you, relationships. I, I think you've hit a nail on the head there. Personally, I, I think what you've just said there kind of marries up into the, the uh, envision, the thought that I had that fight clubs, UFC, because if UFC had their own fight clubs, they probably do. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. We're, you know, yeah, me and the professor, they, we're just talking shit, innit? Yeah, they're performance institutes. Which is uh, like performance, yeah. Is, is that a segue or is that, uh, make money making thing. I don't understand. Just, is them that... just to support their fighters. So obviously, some fighters live in countries like uh, take Ngannou for example. MMA's banned him in France. So he said, "Well, why rather me like sort of like scatty try and find places to train? I'll just go and perform the PI, which has got the best the best equipment." Mm. So I don't know. Do you expand it? Do you expand the PIs and go cool? Who's the best in this state with from this performance institute? Who's the best on this one? Yeah, that, yeah, that? I would, I, I would do that personally. I would have the performance institutes, have them as performance institutes, and those that rise to the top of those performance institutes because you're able to control 
um, the criteria, you're able to keep that quality standard via the Performance Institute in every country around that you want to get fighters from. As they yeah. rise to the top of there, then you put them into an individual pool. An individual, it'll be like a, it'll be like a ultimate fighter, but an international ultimate fighter on steroids because everyone, everyone's come from that Performance Institute. So we're not talking about raw shit. You're gonna be refined by the time you get to the type of hunger games type of thing like yeah. the best of the best and then the best of the best top five i say top five which gives a which gives a bit of a um, longevity to the generation that goes into the ufc not even top two i say top five or top six free women free men bang put them through up to the ufc let them see how they get on an elite level and you've got some consistent generation of top level fighters that are coming through with a you know everyone's at a level, the minute you get to the higher level of the Performance Institute, then you get into the international pool. You, you know, I, I think I think it could work. I think it would keep the quality. Then it just sounds like you're describing pride to me, if I'm honest. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, honestly, there you go. It just needs to be rebranded and controlled. You're not yeah, wrong. It, you're not it, wrong, it, but it just needs to be rebranded and controlled. Because I think Greg Hargett he could do well, but it's just he's chucked in too deep of waters right now, and he's not swimming. Like even though he's saying he can swim and he's got athletic capabilities, he's drowning slowly. Um, mm. And so, unfortunately, the problem is again with the heavyweight. It's not as if it's just a one punch, you'll be fine. Don't worry. These guys get cleaned out cold nine out of ten times, and mm. so it's then going. Who's going to be the sacrificial lamb for Greg Hardy now? Like it, that's when you're going to have there. Um, but. Again, interesting fight. Tied the two of us, obviously, again, casual as ever, was like, oh, just call out anyone. I don't really care. Don't really fuss. Just give me a shoey. <laughs> um, uh, and then, obviously, yeah, Greg Hardy's put in this position now where I pff, I don't know. If he didn't do the whole Derek Lewis stuff, like he doesn't stand in good good sort of wow, dwellings with a lot of people. So um, have you seen Have you seen um, Derek Lewis's Instagram, Coach T? No, I haven't. I haven't seen his Instagram. <laughs> but I know he's funny. I know he's got he's got content, man. So do you know the do you know, do you know the um, catchphrase he uses every time? What's his catchphrase? Oh, he's okay, right? <laughs> and it's basically the same phrase. He uses it for everything. So people like I don't know, will fall off their motorbike or get hit by something or just whatever, and they'll go, he's, like, okay. he's, okay. he's okay. And I said <laughs> the best thing should have been. I was hoping he was going to do this. Would be Greg Hardy knocked out on the floor saying he's not okay and just posted. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh wow! And you know what? On that note, let's leave that on a funny note. And, and um, yeah, let's leave it on that funny note. This is a UFC heavy, heavy podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Professor. Uh, I, honestly, your, your insight is always of value to myself and others that are listening to this right now. I mean, this is episode 15 from Punch Touch Podcast, an Irishman and an American walk into a cage. <laughs> Professor, thank you for taking part and, and giving us your attention and your presence. Thank you, sir. No worries, Coach T. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks, obviously, to all the listeners. Hope, obviously, you're enjoying the context of it. Um, and, yeah, obviously, look forward to the next big fight, which I think is Derek Lewis-Cyril Garn for the heavyweight championship or interim. Yeah, there you go. And that, and that card, I'm not sure who else is on that card, but I know that's card oh, going to be stacked. The Lioness. The Lioness oh, is back again. The Lioness. And we've also, got, um, we've also got boxing as well. I know we've been UFC heavy, MMA heavy, but we've got boxing. We've got some big fights coming up. We've got uh, Pac-Man coming back out. 
and he's fighting a young potential superstar in the form of Earl Spence Jr. He is a monster. He is a young, hungry monster. And it's going to be a very, very tough test for Batman. But I look forward to seeing the fight. I look forward to see what happens when you get two titans that clash together. It's going to be amazing. We've got loads of other fights and loads of other um, MMA bouts coming up. So, I, I mean, I think we're in store for a treat towards the end of this crazy, crazy year. I've been your host, Coach T. This is Punch Touch Podcast, episode 15. An Irishman and an American walking to a cage. And if you want to walk into a better version of yourself and you need some signposts or you want some guidance, check out www.secrettouchhealth.co.uk. www.secrettouchhealth.co.uk. You can get holistic health, you can get online training, you can get one-to-one stuff. Check it out. Investigate yourself and invest in your health, which is your wealth. Be strong, be true, be you. Peace. Yes, yes, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure having you locked on and listening to this podcast. Episode 15. Daddy's home, bitches. Cheers, 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 cheers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, I tried to do that that whole echo thing. I was moving my mouth away from the microphone like bitches, 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 bitches. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like that title. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, I do like that title. You had the professor, you had the farmer, and you had Del Boy alongside your host. Coach T for this fantastic episode. Fun, field, content-packed episode. Episode 15, Daddy's Home Bitches. It's been a pleasure having you guys on board. And um, remember, 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 if you need some guidance, if you would like some support, if you believe that you, you would like some signposts that will direct you to your full potential, check out www.secrettouchhealth.co.uk. Remember, check out www.secrettouchhealth.co.uk. And you can find online classes. You can find, um, like, recipes. You know, personally, I like the vegetarian cheesecake, you know. But you can find recipes, whether you're a a T-Rex carnivore or whether you're a, a Platosaurus herbivore, it's all good. You can find things to help you become your full potential. And that's what it's about, guys. That's really what it's about. It's about living life to the fullest, having fun, and also living to your full potential, whatever that may be. So be strong, be true, be you. Peace.